0: Love,
1: talk, radio. Yakuza!
2: Yakuza! Yakuza kick, radio. Yakuza kick Radio! Yakuza Kick Radio! Yakuza Kick
3: Radio! Yakuza Kick Radio! Yakuza Kick Radio! Yakuza Kick Radio! Yakuza Kick
1: Radio! This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont, and if there's one place to listen to on the internet, every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio! Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and babies.
4: Jesus help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick
2: radio. Help us! My name is Justice Payne and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio.
1: You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood and we all stick together. The acoustic Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and has become the premier place for
3: any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice.
1: The shit
0: is bananas. Bitch.
3: Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent. Spirit is of
2: the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason man.
0: Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Give a nigga a real part of that
4: cow, wife. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza
2: Kick Radio. But you better, Now look at that doc You
1: only fuck that Black me, This is bullshit, <laughs> man this Motherfucker, Fuck you Fuck you And fuck you Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen For the introduction Hosted by J.Cat Morris You are now listening to Yakuza, Yakuza. Kick Radio
3: It is Wednesday, April eighth, two thousand fifteen. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J.Cab Morris. Man, I got a bunch of stuff to talk to you tonight about. Um, before any of that, though, I do have my guest on the line, none other than a guy tearing the indies up, stealing shows all over the place—the bad boy Joey Janela. Going on, Joey? Hey,
4: what's hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? All right?
3: Yeah, hear you good.
4: All right, good. I'm just I'm just making sure what's going on. Good, man. How you doing tonight? I don't know. I just got done wrestling at uh, CZW Dojo Wars uh, at the CZW Academy in, uh, what town is this? I think it's, uh, uh,
2: I don't Fire know, it's somewhere in
4: South Jersey, somewhere by the
3: Whippin' Bridge, I don't fucking know. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, man, um, you know, I got a bunch of stuff to talk to you about. Um, How'd you actually get started, get into wrestling? Uh,
4: I kind of, um, I kind of just like, you know... Walked in the back door, uh, started setting up rings for a uh, carny company called NWS. Uh, they were kind of like the carny company of the 2000s. They were run by Joe Pantorino and uh, and the infamous Gino Moore. Everyone knows who Gino Moore is. Uh, mm. Him and his tall tales and Dapper and that his carny Carney ways. Uh, I started with them setting up rings and then it turned into me selling tickets to uh, wrestle... Uh, why I was not trained at all. <laughs> That's wow. how I got in the business.
3: <laughs> wow. So um they didn't even train you or anything like that, they just kinda
4: No, it's just like I word? was getting a... Yeah, it was just like I would uh set up a ring and then like whoever was there to teach me bumps or a couple chain wrestling moves and then the next thing I know it I'm I'm wrestling in my first match there. Wow. Um yeah. When was it that it's you got
3: actually got training? what do you say? When was it that, you know, you actually got some training, you know, man, it's just, I, I kind of just, uh, like a month by
4: match by match, kind of taught myself to the best of my ability, like how to, how to to go through the flow of things. But eventually Mm -hmm. I went to, uh, pro wrestling unplugged to train with Teddy fine, trying to ask it a bit, um, combat zone. I was there for a hot minute, probably about six months. I trained there back in the day, uh, trying to think, this is probably 2009, um, I trained at PWS for about a year and a half, um, shit, man, I trained, I trained with NOMCO, I trained, I trained at a lot of different schools, but it was mainly like, uh, pay per section type deals, because I kind of already, uh, have been wrestling, uh, untrained for a few years, so that's kind of how things went.
3: Wow, yeah, and, um, you know, you had mentioned Trent and, you know, I obviously named the show after him and, um, you know, I, uh, I had heard, you know, early on before, I guess this is before you even got training, you had some, you
4: know, you
3: kind of hung around Trent a little bit and we were trying to learn from him. You know, what was your experience early on with Trent?
4: Man, I, I first met Trent. I think it was like my third time at NWS setting up the ring and, uh, getting in the ring beforehand. And, uh, during the show I met some uh, little rat in the the crowd. Uh, I told her I was gonna be a wrestler soon and whatnot and I guess she thought I was cute. So we went out in the parking lot and she blew me. And uh Trent walked out to smoke blood and uh or joint, whatever he was going to smoke. I was like sixteen at the time. He he uh, basically walked in uh, walked uh, walked right into that. Um which his reply was, Next generation backseat boy right here. You wanna smoke <laughs> <laughs> but that that's basically how I I met Trent. I was a big fan of his since uh I think it was 98 when he was him and uh Cashmere were doing NWA Jersey uh often when they first started um which basically turned into NWS. Uh but that was ran by Dennis Carluzzo. so I was a big fan of them back in the day, back in the day, so I was always a mark for Trent Ashton, so when he when he said that to me, I was like, "Yes, sweet." Uh, I really thought I was going to be like next fucking backseat boy or some shit and uh I kind of just hung around him and
3: uh
4: acted like a little mark.
3: I guess that's how just how it went. <laughs> yeah. Um early on you had um I guess you were the zebra kid initially. How did that all come about? Um Zebra
4: kid kind of came about like uh maybe like 4 or 5 years into my uh my uh, in-ring uh, run, uh, I kind of my tights were kind of ripping and shit. So um, around Halloween, the day after Halloween, uh, Party City was having some kind of clearance sale on uh, on uh, wrestling t- not wrestling tights. They were like for sort of like a rock star costume, and there were zebra spandex costume tights for ten dollars. I bought them, and I'm just like, all right, I'll call myself the zebra kid now. And so that's how that that's how that came about.
3: Holy shit.
4: (laughs) Yeah, dude, my, my, my wrestling career has been so fucking weird from the get go, you know? So for me to make it to the point I'm at right now, it's kind of like a stride in itself, you know, from Mm -hmm. going from where I started to best of the best this Saturday, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of a big fucking deal, you know?
3: Sure. Absolutely. Um, when did you, we'll jump around a little bit, but um, when did you decide that you are going to be the bad boy, Joey Janelle, And You know, how did you come up with that? All right. Uh,
4: I was just going on Twitter, and I was calling myself the bad boy, uh, and I was saying, oh, look at me. Um, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd write a tweet, be like, hey, I'm at the beach right now. All these girls looking at me like, who's this bad boy? And uh, a few of the Ring of Honor guys saw the saw the tweets, and they kind of pass them around the locker room and uh yeah, everyone thought they were hilarious uh, because my buddy is Rhett Titus. Uh, we teamed and we've been friends since mm-hmm. I started in the bu- business. We both started okay. around the same time and uh, we're doing the same shows. So, me and him been really tight. One of my best friends in the business since I was 16 years old, you know. So, he started passing around these tweets around the Ring of Honor locker room, and, uh, you know, some of the guys started saying, Hey, uh, it's the bad boy. You know, and I was like, shit, you know, it caught on. So I'm like, I wonder if this will catch on if I start calling myself the bad boy uh, as uh, my in-ring uh, gimmick, and I sure as hell fucking caught on because if I was still the zebra kid right now, I doubt I would be at best to tomorrow.
3: Or I mean, on a yeah. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rhett's a good dude. Uh, he lives right over here by me. Oh, where do you live? Uh, Lacey. Oh, yeah, you live... You live uh, move the next town over. Yeah. You know, so,
4: So, yeah, Yeah, man. Um, So, um,
3: you were a fan, you know, early on, you said, um, did you attend a lot of indie shows or? Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to, uh, I started off at, um, NWA Jersey. Uh, they had a lot of guys back in the day. Uh, Devin storm, uh, the infernal kid, um, Mm -hmm. Ace darling was doing those shows. Uh, Lance Diamond, who was also Simon Diamond, who turned into Simon Diamond. Um, plus, they had sit on a lot of the shows. That's when he first got released. He was doing the circuit. Man, there's a lot of guys there. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, but there's the Backseat Boys, uh, you know. It was basically a reckless youth. It was basically like a mm-hmm. who's who of uh, independent wrestling at the time, you know kind of the foundation yeah. for the independent wrestling issue today, you
3: know, so. How would you get, uh, put on the CZW? Um,
4: probably, uh, probably in, like, uh, 2001. Um, I'd say 2001, I, uh, came across a, a clip of CZW on, uh, maybe it was, uh, Napster or one of those sites, you know, one of those, uh, Kazaa, one of those sites. All right. Where like wrestler, wrestler Dies, I think, the clip was, and, uh, it was either the first clip I either seen was uh, Rick Blade flipping off a fucking uh, truck and missing the table completely.
2: Or it was, <laughs>
4: yeah. uh, I think it was a Justice Payne who fell, Pyramid of Hell or some shit, where he fell down the yeah, ceiling was, and it was tr- Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either one of those two clips. Those are the first two clips I seen uh, that were uploaded onto uh, the site. You know. Mm-hmm. Then you just started attending back then or back in 01? Uh no, no, no. Uh I you know, I kind of just got tapes off people and um uh started with there and then uh turned to DVDs and I, the first show actually the first the first CW show I attended was Cage Depth 6. Uh oh okay. What year was that? 2006? I
3: think it was, or 2000
4: Yeah, it was 2006. Or was that? It was a 2005. What year was that?
3: Um, I think they were like a year behind because, uh, I think, uh, Cage of Death 1, I think was at the end of 99. I could be wrong. I, um, yeah. well now the end of 2001 was Cage of Death 3 because that was the first one in the arena. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
4: Uh, so yeah, it was Cage of Death
3: 6. It was the one with,
4: uh, it was like a double cage match. It was the blackout match versus Team Cash. Versus Team Cash, yep. And there was like that, the hate club versus, uh, Hate Club match. Um, yeah, fans bring the weapons. Yeah, that was the first CZW show we actually got my friend's dad to take us out to, which was fucking a pretty good deal because I I consider that even though I was my first CZW show that I attended, I kind of consider that like one of the best CZW shows ever, top to bottom. Um, I think so. Um, you know, so sure. it's kind of cool. So after that, I kind of we we kind of went to like every CZW show. But before that, I was going to Jersey All-Pro uh, monthly.
3: Nice. Yeah, um, I had actually caught CZW from um, – I was attending local shows out here, Tom's River and stuff, and um, I was going to the Donnie B shows and um, Big Buck and Phoenix Championship and all that. And um, Trent Johnny more or less said, hey, man, you like this shit, you got to come check out CZW next thing you know, and then Sewell into CZW. So, good stuff.
4: Where, where did they run those shows? In Brick, right? Was that where they ran them in?
3: Uh, Tom the Driver shows. Tom's yeah, River. most of the, yeah, mostly Tom's River, Yeah, Yeah, it was crazy stuff, man. But I, you know, I saw the Backseat versus Blade and Burke, and um, they were just doing stuff that was blowing Edge and Hardy's, you know, Edge and Christian, the Hardy stuff out of the water. And I'm like, holy shit! I mean, there's you know, 50 fans in the crowd, and they're doing swan to the floor on a ladder. It, it, you know, just crazy shit. Yeah, that's uh that's what
4: I that's what I heard about that. I never went to one of the shows but I always heard crazy things at, like Phoenix uh what is it, Phoenix Championship Wrestling? Yeah. And that was gonna be like that was gonna be like the, the new shit. I, that was always like circulating at the time because they were doing some crazy shit then. Um Yeah. But uh I never really I never really followed them at all. Uh I'm familiar with who was there and whatnot. Actually Nick Burke is uh wrestling at Dojo Works tonight.
3: Nice, so, nice. So, Perfect. Oh, if, if
4: you're not at Dojo Wars, you missed out on the the epic return of
3: Nick Burke. Um, but yeah, I mean they were doing a lot of big stuff back then. Donnie B had a lot of connections, and um, you know he was bringing in Chris Daniels before anybody else was, and Daniels still had blonde hair and uh, backseat were tearing it up in ladder matches, and yeah, you know, his brother Nova in there, and yeah, yeah, I mean they had a lot of talent there, so it was pretty good.
4: Yeah, I never really talked to Donnie B. I, I you know, Nova knows who I am. You know, I wrestled him before, you know. You know, those guys, mm-hmm. you know, they were they were fucking innovators, you know. Nova was in the NBA jersey doing stuff, too, while he was in ECW. Yeah. Um, so, I remember all those guys. So, for me to wrestle guys like now, like, I wrestled uh, Nova. I wrestled Devin Storm. You know, I wrestled right. Trent. Like, these are all the guys I used to go and uh, watch at these shows. So it's kind of it's kind of cool, you know. You know, I I much rather wrestle, like I I like wrestling the guys of today, but I I like wrestling like the guys that kind of like, the heroes, per se of mine. Sure. Uh, being a child, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of a cool deal right now.
3: Yeah. So you know, you they bounce you around a lot, and you know you were in there wrestling before you were trained, and little by little you picked things up and kind of trained yourself. Um, where was the first place you wrestled where you? you considered it more or less legit, like, you know, everybody was, pretty much knew what they were doing, you weren't really out of place.
4: Shit, man. I didn't really wrestle, like, anywhere, like, um, like, I was in Pro Wrestling a Plug, like, towards the end, um, mm-hmm. the last few shows, you know, I thought I was, like, at that point, I was, like, delusional enough to think, like, oh, I'm gonna make it now, you know, I'm here, um, but that was, like, when they are out of the arena and stuff, that's how delusional I still was at the time. Um, right. Man, I didn't, uh, things didn't really pick up for me until I started wrestling for, uh, PWS. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Yeah, You know, because I was wrestling guys like AR Fox and Samurai de Del Sol. And, uh,
0: right. You know, I was,
4: res- I was wrestling those guys, you know, even though as shitty as, uh, that company is, you know, those guys mm-hmm. were there at the time, you know? Um, now yeah. it's just shit But Back then it was alright You know There was guys there
3: So how did you uh, Get into PWS
4: I kind of just um, You know I did a There was a great Muda seminar And I kind of just You know Signed up for that And I needed somebody To fill the star man, And uh, the rest is history um, You know That's That's just,
3: it just Just It's weird
4: How things in my career Just kind of just like
3: Fell into place So awkwardly And uh just happened you know yeah yeah I'd, I'd went to um well what happened initially is I saw you know the stuff that they were doing and a lot of the cards they just looked crazy innovative I mean they were putting together you know big tv stars and indie guys and I don't know It was it was doing it in a way that it caught my attention I had um half out on the show um before I ever attended a pws show and um, you know, picked his brain a little bit. And, you know, I had a good interview. Everything was fine. Um, I went to the the Great Muda show, and um, a lot of the show was just a disaster. And I just, I tend to see things, you know, say things as I see them. And you know, yeah. there was there were some good matches on the show, but I mean, the fucking ring entrance almost crushed someone. The um, one of the lights. Oh yeah, Coco beware!
4: Coco a- beware!
3: Yeah, yeah. Coco Beware came
4: out, and uh, there was a shitty ass entrance way. It wasn't tied to anything, and he did his fucking little bird flapping gimmick through the curtain, and his arm got caught on the huh, fucking curtain. The whole thing fell. Yeah, killing almost killing Coco Beware. Too bad
3: it didn't happen, but, but <laughs> right, man. And then, um, you know, other things like they didn't have any ring steps, and um. You know, it, it, tons of big names on there, but it was like, from a production standpoint, I'm looking, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? One of the, uh, they had like a chain instead of a guardrail, and it, there was legitimately a lady's purse holding up one of the ring posts that was holding the, the the chain up. I'm like, this is some bullshit right here. And um, and then the other thing was there was a hole in the ring that um, Sammy Callahan later on told me about that he's like, dude, I almost broke my fucking ankle. Meanwhile, you know, you got the great mood of wrestling in the ring and all that. It's like, wow, man, that's kind of dodged a bullet there. You know, the great yeah, mood yeah, of yeah. me out in your ring. Jesus Christ. So, you know, I was just, you know, I, I went from top to bottom on how I felt about each match and this and that. But then, you know, pointing out those things. So Tap Out and Tap Buck came back on the show, and they pretty much went into, like, bully mode. And instead of taking my criticism as criticism, they took it as, like, fuck you, you're trying to talk shit about our company. And I'm just saying, like, dude, like, ring steps would probably make your company look a little better. And they're like, not everyone has ring steps. And they took it, you know. And back then, I was a raging alcoholic. So, um, <laughs> you know, fucking, sometimes I spend my Saturday nights. If I didn't like people, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd be up by the fire in the yard, start some shit up on Facebook, and, you know, sit there and wait for a response. And that's more or less like how way. it all got rolling. I was in you know, the same way. That's, yeah. And at the time, I mean, you were, you know, you were one of those guys that went to bat for those guys, and you were right there on the front line. Like, I was talking shit about your guys, so you were like, fuck you, dude. And, you know, I get it, but I never had a problem with you to begin with. You know what I mean? I was just like, these fucking guys are acting like children when I'm trying to tell them. Hey, you know this looked like shit or that looked like shit. Years later, they they're, they have a GoFundMe trying to get the same shit that I was telling them about years ago. Yeah, you know,
4: uh, uh, just back then I I, I drank their Kool Aid. You know what I'm saying? Because it was the biggest uh, platform I was on. You know, till uh, uh, you know I was the biggest platform I was on uh, in my career so far. So I was wrestling in front of crowds of like a thousand people. So. You know, Good. I you know I kind of just drank the Kool Aid, and then a few months after that, I started uh you know I was I was like ah you know I'm not taking it too much here you know because as soon as <laughs> right. the Starman th- as soon as the Starman thing uh, started um, exploding, people were trying to book me as Starman, and uh, the thing was I couldn't do Starman in other places, so I'm like hey uh you know I'll wrestle with myself, I'll do the same fucking shit, I'll do the crazy shit you guys want me to do but I'm just not going to be Starman. I'm going to be myself. And I kind of see, saw how things were in other locker rooms, and guys would tell me how things were in other locker rooms, and I would go to PWS and be like, you know what? I, I'm i not digging it too much anymore, you know? And of course, you got the big crowds, and uh, some of the guys started fizzing out. You know, the AR Foxes weren't coming around anymore, the Samurais, uh, the Rich right. Swans, the uh the uh, the you know the guys I always wanted to wrestle with at that time you know to make me better, uh they started like mm-hmm. fizzing away and uh, they started using more of their students and I was like uh eh, you know things changed a lot so uh, sure you know the rest is hi- the rest is history I did a three hour podcast about it the other day so I'm kind of sick of fucking talking about it but you know it is <laughs> what it
3: is. Well, um, you know, when you did the Starman gimmick, um, I mean, what was your thoughts on it? Because they seem to have, like, you know, you did the Starman gimmick, they had somebody else do the Starman gimmick, and it wasn't like, you know, they even kept the same guy in the gimmick, so it's hard to even get credit for what you're doing out there. I mean, what was your thoughts on it?
4: Um, oh, the, the Starman gimmick was, from the beginning, they gave me the gimmick, but everything that Starman did was mine.
3: The moves, the... Okay.
4: Uh, the movements, the, the, you know, the taunts and all the fucking, uh, all the like the little glitches and whatnot to the gimmick, that's all my stuff. So when I left do that gimmick anymore, uh, they were doing all my stuff. So, uh, of course it was over. Uh, I was making a lot of money on gimmicks, masks, t-shirts. I was fucking making bank, but, uh, you know, it's kind, it's kind of shitty when like, you know, you can only do that gimmick in one place. You're not going to make any money. You know, there's promoters trying to fly me out places uh, or not, not not fly me out. There's maybe a couple inquiries about me places or uh, other promotions, getting bigger promotions, getting interested in using the star man. And I couldn't do it. So it was kind of a waste, you know what I'm saying? You know, you can only go so far with a gimmick that you want to use, use in one place.
3: Now, how did it work? Did they buy rights to that gimmick, or was it just more or less they wouldn't book you if you went and used it somewhere else? Because I mean, it was like a Nintendo. Yeah, better. yeah,
4: they would just they would just fire me and, and put somebody else in the costume. I could have went. They okay. never bought the rights to anything, you know. So right now, if I wanted to, I'm kind of over it. I can go fucking hood slam in California and do Starman. I could do the Starman at interspecies wrestling places that I would get over, and they right. wouldn't do shit about it. Besides, send me threatening text messages. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of over that. I don't, I don't even give a shit, you know, I kind of got more over as myself on the independence right now than, you know, Starman, Starman did. So I'm kind of just going with the flow and, you know, just waiting for shit to go down, you know, that's it.
3: So how'd the, um, Starman, uh, raw crowd appearance come about? Yeah, I just, you know, we got
4: comp tickets from somebody. Uh, we are going there to hand out flyers. I came up with the idea, you know, uh, might as well just jump in my Starman costume and uh, hand out flyers so we'll get a little attention to the show. People know who Starman is from the video game, you know, even if they don't know what PWS is. Uh, maybe, you know, per se, oh, they know the Starman character. Oh, that's pretty fucking cool. Oh, Starman's a wrestler now? Oh, shit, let's go to this show. It's only uh, 35 minutes from Izod, wherever. Uh, so... <laughs> I was just there in my costume, and, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I just thought, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try to sneak onto, uh, next to the guardrail during a segment and try to cause a little bit of a ruckus, because I didn't pay for the tickets, you know? Uh, so, I didn't really, I didn't really care, so, uh, I was like, you know what, let's, let's do this. And, uh, I snuck down a little bit, and, uh, before I could even sneak down to where I wanted to go, you know, uh the crowd started fucking going crazy and the, half the arena was chanting shit at me. So, you know, they were like, get them the fuck out of here. And that was, uh, that was the end of it. Yeah. And they made me take um, off, they made me take off the costume and then they let me back in. So I really wasn't kicked uh, out, but still right. I was kind of, but everyone, every wrestling website the next day said I was kicked out to make, make it that much more of a, uh, the story to put on these uh, wrestling sites.
3: Sure. Um, so what actually went down with PWS that led to you, you know, leaving there and and there being a lot of heat between you guys?
4: Uh, just um, you know, uh, being controlling and letting me wrestle, um, at certain places and not let me wrestle in other places. You know, I'm not like that. I'd like to wrestle everywhere. You know, especially in New Jersey. You know, this is my state. Uh, I like, you know, I like. Not having to drive a far distance to wrestle on a good show, you know that's that's a pretty good deal. If I could wrestle half an hour away and wrestle on a uh, a solid card, as opposed to driving eight hours to wrestle on a solid card, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. when they said when they said, "Yo, you can't wrestle for JCW anymore," I was kind of like, "You know what? Uh, I'm not gonna wrestle for any of you guys if you guys are gonna be like this." And they're like, "No, all I'm right. just gonna be fired. That's it." <laughs> I'm like, uh, "All right, uh. whatever." So that's basically how it went down. You know, I, I don't know if I was like, all right, yeah, I'm just not going to wrestle for both of you guys. And they're like, all right, you're fired. I'm like, well, I just quit. And uh, so then JCW, Jay uh, De Demato was like, hey, uh, you still want to do our shows? And I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything else right now, so uh, let's go for it. And that's how it went down.
3: All right. Um, I mean, were they going to pay you more if you were going to lose out on other paydays or – I mean
4: yeah, they were gonna pay me twenty dollars more to what I was making. So <laughs> so so uh instead of making I'm I'm just gonna sh- shoot it how it is. When at the time I was making sixty dollars. You know, mm-hmm. I was gonna be making eighty dollars. You know? Yeah. So Jesus. it's kinda like yeah, it's kinda it wasn't worth it. I know other guys like Dan Moss, they probably paid like maybe a hundred dollars more. Uh just to keep them around. Um, but to me, it was like extra $20. You know, I, right. I know a few, other, few of the guys that were like at my level or under my level who were wrestling for both companies, they got paid
3: $20 extra to what their pay was. Right. Jesus. That, yeah, that's crazy, man. And, I mean, Moth. I mean, I don't know what they're paying him, but, um, I mean, he was a Jersey All-Pro through and through guy. And you know now now two shows Jersey All Pro is back, and he's nowhere near there. So they must be you know compensating him at some oh. level.
4: Yeah, no, he, he'll never. He won't be back at JHP. Pay that much. He's PWS. Wow. He's like the PWS John Cena. He's like <laughs> Mister Mister Com- Mr. Company Man. So to see him at Jersey All Pro will be maybe pigs will fly first. That's a saying, or maybe a You know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that's going to take, but it's definitely never going to... I don't think it's going to happen.
3: Oh, wow. Because he's
4: also a trainer. He's also a trainer at the school, so they're compensating him for that, too. So he's making making a few hundred dollars a month on, uh, you know, just PWS, so...
3: Uh, um, At some point, you got to actually wrestle Trent, and... um, I mean, how how did that all come about? Where did you actually wrestle? How did it go down?
4: Uh, I was wrestling at uh, NWS. I was still there at the time.
3: Uh, okay, I was getting,
4: I was getting, I was getting, I was approving leaps and bounds in the ring, even at that time. You know, I was kind of like their high flyer guy, um, kind of like in the role that uh, they had guys like before me. Like when Trent, when I first got in there, Trent was like that high flying guy that he put in three ways and whatnot, so I was kind of in that role now, and uh, Trent either just got out of jail or rehab, um, one or the other, and um, he was like, uh, Dapper called me, he was like, uh, how many tickets you sell for this Saturday, boy, because the show was uh, in the next time over for my town, so I was like, oh, I think I sold out seven tickets, and he's like, <laughs> well, I'm bringing in, Tr- I know how much you love Trent Acid, he's coming, uh, the, his first match back is going to be against you. Like, uh, really? I thought he was just fucking with me. He's like, yep. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's like, try to sell more tickets, boy. <laughs> that's how he is. I was like, oh, okay. So uh, it ended up being a three-way match between me, Trent, and JD Smooth. You can find it on YouTube. It's still up there. Uh, it was actually really good, you know. Uh, Trent was sober as fuck. Uh, I know that's you know, he was fucking 100% fucking sober. Uh, like mm-hmm. a different person. And he wanted to go, you know. He's bringing back all of his fucking, you know, his old-school, crazy, innovative spots. And uh, he wanted to go, and he went, you know. It's just a yeah. shame, like, what happened a few months later, you know, because I thought he was really like, oh, he's back, you know. He's going to make that – he's going to try to come back, get get back in shape, and, and uh, have a good run again, you know. But, you know, it's just the way things turned out. is a shame, you know,
3: I never did, so
4: uh,
3: you're cutting uh, out a little bit, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're cutting out a little bit.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know the influence drugs have on somebody, you know, because I never did them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I, I smoke cigarettes, so I know what addiction is. And um, right. it's just a, I I quit before, and now I smoke again, and I quit before, and I smoke again, you know, so I... You know, it's like that, but just like a whole, you know, it's it's a vicious devil, you know, of drugs, and uh, it's just a shame because he could have he could have really made it to the WWE or the TNA, definitely.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Trent definitely had it all. You know, he was a tremendous entertainer, great wrestler. I mean, all the charisma you could possibly ask for. Uh, yeah. yeah
4: and, um, it's just a, it's just a shame, um, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I don't know, I don't know what else to say, you know. Besides, he was a good guy, you know. He tried to help the younger guys out, and you know, he should have made it, you know. He should have not been if and or, ends or butts about it, you know. When he was, uh, when he was killing it in Ring of Honor and uh, CCW at that time, you know, they they should have signed him. Because who knows what would what the outcome would have been, you know. So who knows? Uh you know. It's just sad. Yeah. It's just sad stuff.
3: What was it like working with uh Scott Hall and X Pac? Uh yeah, those guys are the best. Those guys, you
4: know. I've never met anyone cooler in my life. You know. Um we got like because Pac Pac now he lives in Philadelphia. So he's mm. pretty local. Um and you know, so we've been bringing him and bringing him and Hall in for you know all of our JCW circuit shows, and you know uh, they draw everywhere. Yeah, like every building we've had them in is it is drawn and they've sold. You know they've made uh, JCW a lot of money. So um, yeah, those guys are awesome. You know I got to travel with them to shows uh, every so often and stuff. And, man, you could pick their brains. They'll tell you anything. They'll tell you the dirt. You know, those guys, you know, they'll give mm-hmm. you some of the best advice. You know, they were, they were the top dogs, you know. So, to get advice sure. from them, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you can get any better advice from anybody. You know, so those guys are just fucking awesome.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, you've been, um, I mean, you wrestled them a bunch of times. Um, I saw the one that you wrestled up against, uh Steve Scott at Jersey All-Pro's anniversary show. You guys tore it up, obviously cemented your spot in Jersey All-Pro, and, um, you know, you guys have got a lot of chemistry, and you've wrestled, you know, before, too. Um, hey, you know, how did that pairing come together, and where did you guys, you know, click up and figure out that uh, you guys could do great shit together? Uh, We've wrestled before, like years before, uh,
4: back in NWS. Mm-hmm. and we had some really shitty matches. You know, we just never really had any uh, chemistry. You know, at that, that time, we would try to do too much and just blow spots and blow each other up, and it was just shit shit matches. Um, it wasn't until, like, we started, we did a couple shows with bands, punk bands. It was called RTF, Ride the Fury, and uh, I kind of mm-hmm. got paired with Steve Scott there, and uh, we kind of just beat the shit out of each other. We are like, alright, uh, this is cool, and this and the fans there were digging it. You know, some of them were wrestling fans. A lot of them were there for the bands, you know, but everyone was popping for everything. They were like, all right, this is cool. So uh, when the opportunity came up for Georgia All-Pro, they were going to put us as a uh, dark match for the show, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they decided just, you know, fuck it. Let's have them open up the show. And, uh, you know, we just went out there and fucking, I guess we tore down the house. People say we tore down the house. You know, I yeah, watched awesome. it. It was one of my favorite matches ever just because me being such a big JAP fan uh, growing up, for me to go there and try to steal the show was fucking awesome. Him, too. He went to every JAP show like ever. So it was just like yeah. both of us. We both, we both used to sit in the same bleachers, you know, for us to open up mm-hmm. the new era of Jersey All Pro and just tear it down. It was pretty
3: fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, what was your experience like going into Jersey All Pro? I mean, you had been a fan in the past, um, was you know, very accepting locker room. You've obviously been in somewhat a hostile territory before. What was the, the yeah. difference?
4: Uh, you know, it's very accepting, you know, uh, just, uh, a lot of the guys there, a lot of veterans, you know, uh, mm-hmm. gave a liking to me, like, uh, in the, in that couple year period, um, so, you know, I got a lot of advice, a lot of guys, you know, uh, we didn't really, like, we just went there and we tore it down and everyone was like, "All oh, right, these guys are here to fucking work, you know. They're here to wrestle. So, uh, really, it's just been awesome. There hasn't been, I haven't seen any politics there yet, you know. So, and there won't be no politics, you know. Because there hasn't been any politics since I left PWS. I haven't had to deal with any bullshit. So, right, I just, so now I know the difference between, you know,
3: politics and, and just being ruthless cocksuckers. So that's how it <laughs> is. Um and then uh you know your second match there, you had the big uh scramble match and um I mean you had tons of guys in there, Kimberly and uh Miley and um Bandito, um I mean it loaded match and you guys tore it up out there. Um how do you guys feel about that match? I mean it had to have been pretty much thrown together because it was initially, I think, you and Steve Scott and Bandito was the initial plan. I think even Charlie Haas was mentioned somewhere. Yeah, that,
4: man. something but, um, like that. I don't know the – I know it was supposed to be a three-way originally. Um, and then Steve Scott, he uh, has some post-concussion syndrome stuff he has to deal okay. with. So, because uh, he got a really bad concussion. He's just been dealing with, like, you know, hit after hit, you know – uh He's been mm-hmm. not feeling too well. He had to get CAT scans and whatnot until he's 100% cleared to wrestle. You know, he's not going to be in the ring, unfortunately. But uh, they kind of just, you know, a couple guys just kind of just got thrown together before the show, and it kind of turned out awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, with the chicken there, and, uh, you know, she could fucking go. You know, she's one of the mm-hmm. best women's wrestlers in the world. Um, so it was just, it was just really cool. Uh, it was a really cool match. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Fun. I'm sure it was fun for the whole, uh, the audience. And uh, some even say it full the show. I don't, I don't think so. I think uh, Dickinson and Loki gave the fans their money's worth with uh, that fucking
3: almost shoot fight match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The match was insane. Um, and, uh, you know, you took the bump off of the bleacher things up there. I've seen you, you've taken quite a few of these hype bumps. You got like a, like a roofing background or <laughs> where'd this uh, come from for you? Thank these- <laughs> you. You know, just me growing up uh,
4: being a CCW fan and church y'all pro fan. I was, you know, any ECW FMW, all this shit, you know, I just, uh, you know, I always remembered the cool fucking bumps everyone took, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, this guy right. falling off this, this, that, that's always what stuck out in my mind, you know, especially like back in the ECW days, Sabu was fucking doing these ridiculous fucking bumps every fucking match. So mm-hmm. that was like that always drew me to Sabu. You know, so I always wanted to be that guy that, you know, goes out there and like tries to, you know, nearly fucking fucking decapitate myself to give the fans their uh money's worth and uh you know, I guess they
3: enjoy it, so I just keep on doing it. Nice. And, yeah, um, you took another one of those. Um, I think it was on point wrestling. You wrestled uh, the Necro Butcher. What was it like wrestling Necro?
4: That was awesome, man. I was a little nervous going in there because uh, I think the t- a couple nights before I watched uh, him and Brain Damage beat the fuck out of each other. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I was cool about it because I'm the one that requested the match because I always wanted to wrestle Necro um, just mm-hmm. to prove that I could hang with him. And um, right. then I, I made the mistake of. Uh, getting drunk one night and going on YouTube and watching him and brain damage, which was one of the stiffest fucking matches I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck. I am fucked, man. I am fucked. And then, uh, you know, we just went in there and, you know, it was easy as cake. And, uh, you know, I I give him all the fucking credit in the world, you know, for not fucking killing me. He could have. He could have fucking ended me right there with one fucking punch you know a couple strip mm-hmm. shots uh you know a couple knock me loopy but you know it's nothing new to me so it was really fucking cool man and uh you know he's still you know i don't know why people you know don't utilize him as much anymore as they uh they should
3: uh, yeah well i mean he he's got some personal shit you know
4: yeah makes yeah, it a little yeah, harder yeah. you know if he was in the if he's in the mindset that he was in my match with him you know if he was if he's like that every match, you know. You know, I, there's I don't feel any way that like why why promoters shouldn't use him. So, this is, what it is sure.
3: Um another uh, you know, uh, indie legend that you worked was uh Devin Storm, you'd mentioned it earlier. What was it like wrestling him?
4: Yeah, he's fucking awesome, man. He's uh you know what? he 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 uh, heard through the rumor mill that I was some kind of crazy show stealing fucking uh uh Acrobat, fucking lunatic, and uh, I guess he hit hit up Ricky O from JCW and said he wants to go. So, you know, we went twice already, three times if you count the three way with Dickinson. But thirty thirty plus minutes, both matches, both of our singles matches, and uh, you know, he's just uh, for his for his age. I uh, I don't man, I don't know how he does it. I I, I really don't. He's just he's just a fucking lunatic. 'Cause he was doing all the crazy shit before there was the the fucking crazy shit on the Indies. He was doing this stuff in the nineties. So yeah. before before his W C W run, it was ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, he was doing he was doing some fucking wild shit, so uh for him to still be doing this wild shit in two thousand fifteen, you know, I gotta give him credit, you know, because my matches with him, uh, you know, they're fucking brutal and uh we definitely gave the fans their money's worth and uh you know, hopefully we have one more one more uh, big match, you know, I'm hoping for it.
3: Right. And you mentioned Dickinson, uh, another guy you've worked, and um, obviously he's the the king of controversy these days. But, um, you know, you know what was your thoughts wrestling Dickinson?
4: Uh,
3: I knew Dickinson for years. Um,
4: we were cool. We never really talked that much. You know, we chatted. Um, first time I wrestled him, it was the Tag Team J-Cup, the finals, me and Red versus him and Aaron Epic. Um, and, um, you know, I was like, all right, this guy likes to wrestle stiff. Uh, that's what I always hear. So, you know, when I got the opportunity, you know, it got a little stiff and uh, he beat the shit out of me. <laughs> because he has a uh, vast uh, background in uh, martial arts and whatnot. And, um, yeah, he fucked me up. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. So uh, when we went at it, so when we had that again, you know, I just had to step up my stuff. And, uh, you know, he didn't eat me up alive that time. He didn't eat me up alive the third time, you know, and just toughened me up a bit. And we had some fucking killer fucking matches.
3: Yeah, good shit. Um, Another guy you wrestled quite a bit a lot in the dojo wars and um, is Joe Gacy. And, um, yeah, you yeah. know, guys come, you know, very, very far, you know, And the different things that he's been able to do over the years. He's lost a shitload of weight. I mean, he's a guy who could do tremendous things for even his size. And, um, you know, what's your thoughts on working, Joe? Uh,
4: Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he kind of started around
3: the same time as me,
4: maybe a couple years after. I don't know. I don't know what year he started. But, you know, he's on right now. Like, me and him, we're two guys that are, you know, about, hopefully about to break through the glass ceiling. And, uh, you know, start tearing things up all over the place. And uh, it's just been great working with him. You know, I got to work with him at Dojo Wars uh, for a few months, and we did some good st- good stuff there. And then we uh, went to On Point, um, and mm-hmm. we just tore it up. You know, we just really, really tore it up. And um, I, I I really like wrestling him. Uh, we're going to be wrestling again, first round of best of the best this Saturday. So I w- wouldn't expect anything different me and him, so uh, we're going to do some stuff.
3: What is it, um, JCW, that has that uh, show booked in uh, Great Adventure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a great opportunity. I mean, the the amount of crowds and exposure you can get from that shit is fucking awesome. Um, What's your thoughts on that?
4: uh, Yeah, the Six Flags thing is big. That's big. That's uh, bigger than any company's done in a while in Jersey. Uh, You know, Six Flags... You know, they contacted us, and we set things up. And, uh, you know, the show we have booked, you know, is a show that should be booked at Six Flags, you know. Uh, ticket prices, you know, are the same price that you would pay to get in the park, unless you want a VIP ticket. Then you're going to pay an extra $50, but you're going to get to meet it. uh You know, the talent on the show and take pictures of Jake the Snake, Ricky Mick Foley, all these guys. So, I... You know, if you're a big wrestling fan, you should pay the extra fifty dollars. But you know, there's going to be a lot of people right. there, and uh, it's going to be really, it's going to be really, really cool because I think it's in the actual Batman, the old Batman theater. So, nah, uh, nah. So, so it's going to be, it's going to be really, uh, a really wild day. What's the date on that? Um, it's the same day as it's uh, second week of June. Uh, it's, what's it, what's the date of T.O.D.? Oh,
3: shit, I want to say the thirteenth. Yeah. I could be wrong.
4: Yeah, it's the same date uh, as that, unfortunately. But
3: yeah, if you 13th. wanted, if you
4: wanted to, you can catch both shows because T.O.D. is during yeah. the day and uh, J.C.W. is that night. So uh, you can definitely catch both shows if uh, if you really love wrestling. So but <laughs> yeah. Six Flags thing, is, is Six Flags thing, you know, fans are gonna you know, want to get there early and, you know, go on the rides and whatnot, because, you know, why not?
3: Sure. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool shit, man. Um, what else? There's uh, You also got a match coming up with uh, Scott Summers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That dude yeah, yeah. tore it up in a tournament of death uh, for whatever reason. CCW hasn't brought him back since, but On Point has. And um, they're bringing him in again to to you. What's your thoughts on that match?
4: And uh, I know
3: he's looking forward to it. Uh, I never really met
4: Scott Summers. I just uh, I just know him. I know his reputation. I know he's uh, one tough one tough son of a bitch. Um, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have a brutal show stealing match. Um, I think we're main event. So technically, it can't steal the show because we are the main event. But you know, right. if you want to go that route you know, we were going to tear it the fuck down. Uh, I would get, I would get there. That's, uh, next weekend, April 18th. Uh, i would mm-hmm. get down to on point wrestling and check that out.
3: Yeah. I, I've been meaning to hit on point up and catch one of their shows. And, uh, I just, I can't make this one. This isn't the one I got a Spartan beast going on next weekend. So I'm going to be, uh, recovering from that shit. Oh man.
4: Yeah. I always want to do um, one of those, uh, one of those uh races uh i haven't got a chance yet but uh eventually I'll, I'll get a chance to do one of those
3: absolutely man i that's what i replaced my alcoholism with i uh i've been sober almost two years and i've been doing these fucking crazy races and just training like a fucking animal so you know you got to fill that hole with something and uh congrats congratulations this is working awesome thank you man um but yeah otherwise i would have made it out but the next one after that i'll try to hit up um awesome should be an awesome match. Um, and obviously, there's best of the best. I mean, you know, you were a CZW fan for all those years. You got um, Joe Gacy in the first round in three way. Uh, it was you, Gacy. And, CJ Parker. He yeah, CJ Parker w- from NXT W-W-E. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah so, what does best of the best mean to you, man? I mean, you know, coming from a fan to, you know, watching China yeah. Acid and everybody else, I mean, this is huge.
4: Uh, full circle, man. Definitely full circle. You know, I thought you know wrestling at the arena, making my CW debut at the arena. Gets you know going over the last meeting, the last uh, their last champion was big deal. You know, sure best of the best, best of the best. You know, that's that's huge, man. That's really really big. You know, um, you know, I I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm not I'm not nervous or anything. I'm just looking forward to going there. I, I'm glad all my injuries uh my nagging injuries are healing up and whatnot and uh you know I'm ready to go.
3: Yeah. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to it man. I'll definitely be there for that one.
4: Yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be uh it's this Saturday, it's gonna be fucking great.
3: Yeah. Um and then you actually have the, the Friday show, which is the um the uh J C W, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be a huge show too. The return of the gauge.
3: You know, yeah.
4: I I'm sure that's I'm sure that place is gonna be fucking packed to the brim um with people. Um that tag team Jacob, the tournament itself is looking awesome. A lot of possibilities in there. Fucking the headhunters are coming back from God knows where. Um and they could still go. I I've seen clips of them recently in Puerto Rico and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and they, headhunters could still do what the headhunters do. Um return to Nick gage, and then uh it's gonna be me and Piggy Sanchez for the belt um nice. in uh later uh in that card, so it's gonna be a really good show i would I would get out to that if you like indie wrestling, you like especially tournaments, you know tournaments are fucking awesome, so mm-hmm. I would try to get out to both shows, you know definitely,
3: sure, sure, man, um, you know in the future. You, I'm sure you probably have quite a list, but um, who would you really like to work? Who are the guys you're trying to get in the ring with? So yeah,
4: um, I want to wrestle Ar Fox in a singles really bad, um, because we're both crazy as shit. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know that that'd be a near suicide fest uh, that match. Um, man, uh, there's there's so many guys, you know. I uh, I want to work with. Um, uh, What's his name from Canada? Um he's in Best of the Best Saturday. Uh Mike Bailey, you know. Mike Bailey. He he's really tearing it up right now. I think we could do some good stuff. I got I just got to wrestle Trevor Lee, that was fucking awesome. Uh I wanna I wanna work him. Um man, the list goes on, you know. I, I would like to sure. wrestle Drew Galloway Drew Galloway. Um, I feel like we could fucking do some shit, but I don't know if that will ever happen. Um Rich Swan, I'd like to wrestle again. Um, you know, you you know uh, this him guy...
3: G- PW? What'd you say? Did you wrestle Swan in PW? No, we were actually supposed
4: to team in PW. We both started at the same time over there. Uh, he was, But he was like 15 years old. I was a little older. I think yeah. I was 19 or 18 at the time. Um, but uh, we were actually supposed to team us up. Uh, but uh, it never happened. But, um, you know, I've been friends with him for fucking years. Yeah, I was really, like tearing up with him. You know, there's like, you know, it's like there's a lot of a lot of indie guys uh, on independence that I I really want to work with right now, and uh, you know, little by little, it seems like I I uh, you know been wrestling you know wrestling amazing red coming up in New York in May. That's gonna be off the fucking chain. Um, nice. Uh, who? who uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I want reckless youth to come out of retirement. Um, yeah, I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle reckless youth. And that's mm-hmm. you know, I, that's like, you know, he won't come out of retirement, but you know, keep on nagging his friends till they, till they force him to come out of retirement and wrestle and wrestle me. So it's probably never gonna happen. Yeah. But
3: type <laughs> You know, we can all we can all wish. Sure. Um, So you know, what's your uh, what's your goals? I mean, are you uh, you know focused on you know a WWE thing? You you're really trying to get to Japan? I mean, I'm sure all of those things would be great, but and what's your main thing?
4: Um, I would like to do some in the next two years. Like to do some overseas stuff. You know, I'm still young. Mm -hmm. I'm still 25 years old. You know, WWE stops looking at guys under 30. Some say, you know, I would like to do, uh, you know, you know. I would like to wrestle all the states and uh, eventually maybe do some UK stuff and uh, maybe some Japan stuff, New Japan, if it ever came up, you know. If they offered me something, I'd fucking take it in a heartbeat. But uh, WWE is, you know, WWE is, like, you know, where I want to be, you know, especially after watching WrestleMania a couple Sundays ago, you know, when Seth Rollins won the belt, you know, that gave me fucking chills, you know, thinking about, you know, like, this guy basically, you know, he was on the grind too. He just a few years back doing these shows, you know, and I'm, um, you know, you know, guys like Dean Ambrose, you know, he was doing the same thing, you know, CDW, all these yeah. fucking places. And, uh, I was thinking, you know, man, that could be me one day if I, you know, play my cards right, you know, but, you know, WWE, you know, I, I won't be satisfied with my career unless I wrestle on WrestleMania. That's just, that's my goal. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't care I, mean, if it's a, I don't care if it's a WrestleMania battle royal, you know. If I get on a WrestleMania card I'll be I'll be satisfied. Right.
3: Yeah. yeah, well nothing's beyond possibilities now, man. I mean, years ago it was almost unheard of and uh the doors are really open, especially with the way NXT's structured, so uh yeah, you never know, man. You're just keep pushing at it.
4: Yeah, 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 man. I just I'm just gonna keep on trying and keep on uh Keep on trying to get my name out there, uh, putting myself over till people realize, you know, what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to accomplish on the Indies, and I'm just going to keep on, you know. I hope the snowball keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger until, you know, we'll see what happens, you know. You never know. It's, uh, you know, the ride, the roller coaster ride of being a professional wrestler is always the best thing, especially if, uh, you know, you wrestle for the right places and, you know, you yeah, have a great story to tell.
3: Sure. Um, is there anything else you want to plug or put out there?
4: Yeah, no, just uh, follow
3: me on uh,
4: Twitter uh, at Janellababy. Um, that's with one L. Everyone seems to spell my name with two L's. Um, you know, uh, that's about all. Check out JCW. Check out t d w Check out On Point, House of Glory. You know, uh, even FTW, you know, in New York, they've been doing some great shit lately, um, you know uh Fox is their Fox is their fucking champion right now and he's been tearing it up there. Um I've been doing stuff with them, you know, and I'm really impressed on uh you know the way they they uh been doing stuff. Earl Cooter, you know, he's really uh you know, he's really uh, come leaps and bounds, you know, with his promoting and his wrestling. So I'm looking forward to working with them more and um you know uh and I'm sure soon you'll see me in a lot of a lot of different places. I'm maybe in Toronto next Sunday. Um so nice. you know, we just uh we just go with the flow and see where uh, it goes.
3: All right man. Yeah man. Well thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'd definitely like to have you back on in the future man. You're killing it out there. Just keep it going, man.
4: Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh sorry about uh
3: yeah uh talk shit about you
4: back in the day. Seemed like a good <laughs> guy. Hey
3: man it's it's all good, man. You were playing the front lines for a Fed, and I was hating the shit out of that Fed, so I can't blame you, man. It is. What well,
4: it now, is. now now I hate the shit out of the Fed, so uh, <laughs> you know, I guess things I, I guess things came full circle by having me on. And, uh,
3: Absolutely, you know, man.
4: I guess that's just how things go. Full circle. If They work yeah, well. and you're that's a good dude, like and I'm
3: a fan. So.
4: All right, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
3: No worries, man. Um, have a good night. And like I said, yeah. see you on Saturday. It Thank you,
4: there. man. See you on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Bye. <laughs> so there you go.
3: That was the bad boy Joey Janella, man. Um, he's out there killing it. Still got his phone on. <laughs> um, So, yeah, man, I'm going to take a break. I'm in a uh, Scarface mood today, for Christ's sakes. So I'm going to play this Scarface track, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to talk all sorts of shit, man. I got a bunch of things to cover. Um, And, uh, yeah, man, so check this out. I'll be right back.
1: In world news today, officials decree that rapper Brad Jordan, alien Scarface, must be stopped. After being monitored by Secret Service agents for two years, evidence leads tobacco and firearms officials to believe that his literally dope lyrics promote drug usage and distribution, degrade women, influence gambling, promote, and teach
4: violence, and more importantly, it's influencing our minors and destroying our communities. Officials say he's the lord of underground rap, him and his music must be stopped.
1: We got this whole motherfucker on the mission. Now behold entire world has got to try to come up with a quick decision they claim we threats to society and now they're calling on the government to try to make somebody quiet But for the bullshit they done to me gangsta nip spice warden, or two pots, never gave a gun to me so gangster rap ain't done shit for that i've even seen white folks from river oaks don't get to get so why you trying to kick some dust up america's always been known for blaming their tickets but they fucked up and we were always considered evil now they're trying to bust our only code of communicating with our people. Let's keep the game from a different angle. Matt Dillon pulled his pistol every time him when someone tangled. So why you criticize me for the shit that you see on your TV? That's freaks worse than PG. Just bring your ass to where they got me. So you can feel the hand of the dead button. Nigga, don't believe that. So now they're trying separation, and sending black folks and white coats to infiltrate our congregation, tapping into our conversation, taking the message that they get, bring forth wrong premeditation, so David's got a silver mask, while listening to Brad, David gets pissed and killed his dad, David Duke's got a shotgun. So why you get upset, cause I got one A tisket, a tasket, a nigga got his ass kicked Shot in the face by a cop, close casket. An open and shut situation Cop gets got, they wanna blame it on my occupation If you don't jig me, then nigga you can sue me Cause the shit that I be saying ain't worse than a western movie Don't blame me, blame your man, got it So you can feel the hand of the dead But Nigga don't believe that song
4: don't live that long don't
1: You best to free your mind before I free my nine and stop fucking with Detroit. Up to top, I'll fill my hot rocks. Bang, bang, go, boom, boom, ping, ping. I'm the black, white boys. Got a magazine and don't know how to act. I attack and make you vomit. Down with college, I do my homage. Do we got a brother? I'm ignorant. I'm the illest want to kill this house, nigga Don Cornelius, can you feel this, you punk niggas make me sick, sucking on the devil, dick scared of revolution, need to start nootin', Houston is the place, I caught a case, the motherfuckers tried to put a scar on my face, but I bust too. Times to the guts, do the revving Calvin butts. Got a pair of nuts. I started this gangster shit in '86. Now you're dissing me for publicity. Isn't he a hoe to the third degree? Who me? I'm a G that like to scrap a lot. Down with rap a lot, and I can't stop. Won't stop. So fuck Bill and Hillary. Ice Cube, it ain't no killing me. Ice Cube, Scarface, dropping it on me. sellout ass niggas. Doing it like niggas don't believe that song. That nigga. Gates is over.
3: All right, I'm back, man. It doesn't get much more thorough than old school Scarface, Ghetto Boys, Bushwick Bill. I mean, come on, man. That that's that old real shit, just as real as the you know NWA gets so much play, and um, I just think the Ghetto Boys were really, really underrated. I mean, obviously people you know who know know them and shit, but um, you know what they were doing with gangster rap back then was easily as innovative and as groundbreaking as what NWA was doing. They just happened to get a little bit more exposure coming out of, you know, Compton, you know, from the West coast and everything, as opposed to those guys coming out of Texas, you know, a little bit harder to make the waves and get the exposure that uh, NWA was getting. But, uh, and you know, nothing against NWA, they're fucking legends and I love their shit, but, um, man, the ghetto boys are just as grimy as fucking hardcore as you possibly get. So. I love the shit out of some ghetto Um So yeah, man. Um, tonight killed it in my fucking gym. I've been on fire with this shit. As I mentioned to Joey, my Spartan Beast is in just over a week, man. I am so fucking hyped and nervous and and anxious and all those things in fucking one because it, it this bitch is 12 miles on a motherfucking mountain. It's the biggest race I've done to date. This is what the fuck I train for, man. I'm starting off this season. I'm doing eight races this year, and it's my biggest one. is my first one, the Spartan motherfucking beast, man. I am hyped. Um. So anyway, speaking of the gym, get if you're into training, you're into doing those type of things. You take the pre workout. I man, I just wish I can get um sponsorship money for the different things that I promote here because um. I truly believe what I'm telling you. I nobody's paying me so obviously I'm telling you the truth. Jim. J Y M is the name of the pre workout supplement. Fuck with this shit. This is this shit is the truth. I was a three scoop uh C four dude and the recommended dosage on this gym is one scoop. I'm taking one scoop and that shit is fucking amping me up. I'm going into the fucking gym, feeling better than I did off of three scoops of C4, off of the actual recommended dosage of this shit. It's it's actually potent. This shit is legit. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, you know, it's got everything you're supposed to have in there, and it tells you right on it, you know, how much of this shit it's got in here. It's a potent supplement. Um, well, well worth it. You you can't really find it too much on, like, Amazon. Um, I think it's, like, bodybuilding.com or some shit like this. Um, it's exclusive through them. Um, pretty sure. So, um, but, yeah, go out of your way to find it. Just Google that shit and, uh, buy, uh, buy this shit, man. You're gonna fucking like it. It's, um... Uh, I've seen a couple people doing the shortcut to shred, shortcut to size. This is made by the same motherfuckers that came up with that shit. You know, this is put out by uh, Jim Stepani or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, Yeah, top-notch shit right here, man. Um, I've I've done a handful of workouts with it. It's still hitting me the same way. Um, The scoops are a little big, but that's the recommended dosage. And you know what's funny? is because, you know, you'll see on C4, do not exceed recommended dosage. Well, guess what? C4 just released uh, C4HD. That's a super potent formula that more or less exceeded their initial dosage. So they tell you don't exceed the dosage and then they give you a more potent version, which is obviously exceeding their previous dosage. So it's funny how that should act. Yeah. I mean, the thing is is with the caffeine, you're going to build up some kind of tolerance. So I think the most important thing about pre-workouts is that the other shit beyond the caffeine is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Because the caffeine, you're going to build the tolerance to win, lose, or draw. Um, if the other shit you're training with is doing what it's supposed to do, that's what you're going to get continuous results off of, at least from my experience, you know, trying all this different shit. Um big on this kind this of gym, and I was big on um, bull knocks, too. Full knocks, I still needed more than their recommended dosage, but that shit had some real good late workout kick um, that had the testosterone booster in it. Um, So I I recommend that one too. But this one right here, I consider to be the best pre workout on the market right now. So um, there's that. Um, What else? Man, got a bunch of different things to hit. Um, Got a couple of cat stories I think I'm going to save you know, for a little bit. Um, Mickey Knuckles is done with wrestling. Um, she's retired from wrestling. She had been kicking around the idea for a while. Um, she's kind of, you know, was on the fence about, you know, whether she wanted to do it anymore. She had recently said that this is going to be her last year of wrestling. Well, um, congratulations to Mickey Knuckles. Um, she's pregnant and, um, that That will now mark the end of her wrestling career. Um, Congratulations to her on, you know, uh, another, you know, upcoming child. And on top of that, a successful wrestling career. I mean, not successful in the way of, hey, she was a WWE women's champion, but Mickey Knuckles was known as one of the baddest chicks to ever wrestle. You know, um, you talk about indie Girls and, and what she's accomplished across the Indies of just hanging with the dudes. Um, you know all the, the heat that uh, Kimberly is catching and everybody's catching off of doing different things with Kimberly. What Mickey Knuckles did out there, going toe to toe with Necro, going toe to toe with Ian, um, insane Lane she fought in uh, CZW, great fucking stiff match. I mean her her matches with Lufisto. I mean this, Mickey Knuckles is as thorough and hardcore as they get. And um you know, I mean she definitely earned her reputation and uh yeah, she's going to be missed in the wrestling business, but um you know, I just you want to see these people find happiness in the long run. I mean maybe not everyone does, but I do as a fan. If you're a fan of these guys, you got to understand, man, if if there is no if there is no upper echelon to go and for your career to settle into meaning w w e um new japan um you know some kind of shit for you to go, okay, they worked all these years on the Indies, and now they're there, now they're making big money, now they're set. If there's not going to be any end game where they're set off of wrestling, I want to see all these guys and girls. Go get something else with their life and settle into something well and and be able to reflect on their matches and not be bitter about it. You know what I mean because i mean you know, and I don't want to be a dick i'm i'm not I'm just pulling this guy's name out there because of um you know different situations, but like n a r fox talented beyond talented i mean this guy's in ring ability is just fucking amazing. Um, the bumps he takes, the risks he takes, the flips he could do, his athleticism is off the fucking charts. Now, not going to go all the way back into it, but, you know, the the out-of-ring thing uh, that he did, extracurricular or whatever you want to call it, side job, whatever you want to call it, not even going to get into what it was, may prevent him from ever going to the WWE. Um, I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't. I, I can't see them just looking past that and going, well, all right then, sign him on. Great if they do, because the guy is fucking tremendously talented. So, it would be a shame for, you know, that guy to never get that big chance. Because you got guys like, um, you know, Pac, I mean, you know, Pac versus fucking uh, AR Fox on TV. Would just, you know, it would blow the fucking roof off of any joint. But, let's just say this guy never makes it to the WWE, um, 45 years old, what does that guy do with his life? I mean, do you make enough money off the indies in order to retire on it and sit back and never have to work again, man? People are living to 100 years old now. People are living to 90 years old now. If he's 45 years old, he's still got a half of his life left to live, and it's hard as fuck to live half your life on money you made in the first half. So, I mean, if you're able to do that, hey, man, good for you. But in the same token, what's next? And I don't know the fucking guy personally. I don't know. He might have some shit lined up. I don't know. But I'm just saying, at 45 years old, you're not going to be swantoning into the crowd and bumping on your neck and shit, you know. You just hope that after entertaining us and giving us everything that they give us, in the end, they find a plan B. They pl- They find something that, you know, is going to land them into a happy life, you know. And, and that's, like I said, something that they can reflect on their wrestling career and not be bitter about it. Because, you know, I mean, even during this time of wrestling, you see all these people popping up with their GoFundMe's and shit like that. To me, it, just, it screams lack of reality, you know what I mean? Because... If you can't make it today, what are we talking about when wrestling disappears? I mean, how many GoFundMes do you run before you realize, fuck, man, I got to get a new job? I got to get a regular job and start over? At what age? You know, I just hope for the best for these guys and um, and girls. So, um, yeah, I kind of went off track. But what I'm saying is, you know, Mickey Knuckles goes out there. She has a, a big family, kids, happy relationship. I mean, you've got to be happy for that person. They gave us so much entertainment-wise, and it'd just be so fucking fantastic to see them happy down the road and go, hey, fucking remember her, you know, in that bloodbath years ago with this one? Remember that great match she had with this one? And meanwhile, that's 10, 15 years behind her, and she's living a good, happy life. That's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear tragedy stories out of these people that entertain us. So, so yeah, congratulations to her. Um. Apparently Dan Moff is sensitive about concussions. Um, I had posted the Atu video. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, Loki debuted in Evolve a couple years ago. Uh, They pretty much set it up or they brought out Atu, which is a big fucking jacked up dude with the um, Road Warrior Hawk haircut. That um, you might have seen him in the background of the uh, new Jack Balls debacle. Um, but anyway, he's a big, big fucking jacked up dude. Uh, he comes out, they have Larry Dallas call out, anybody back at anybody, nobody could beat that dude. Nobody's the biggest, baddest, unstoppable, blah, blah, blah. Low key comes out. And while the ring introductions are going on, uh, too, is pointing to his chin, hit me in the chin, hit me in the chin, you know, this and this. And, I mean, he's calling Loki out to the extent where, like, you know, that's pretty fucking dangerous. And I understand that this is a work and stuff like that, but in the same token, Loki is not one of those guys you want to fucking challenge. And uh, when you you call out, like, a Loki like that, I mean, it, 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 shit, can, shit can get real. Um, obviously, it's not what he was looking to do. I'm not Loki, so I'm not going to be like, well, and that's what happens because he wanted it to happen. I'm just saying. What ended up happening? Bell rings. Loki runs across, hits the capo kick, lights fucking out. I mean, Atu goes out. His fucking arms are. It looks like he's laying down holding a birthday cake on his stomach. He's got his hands up, and it's like he's just. It's like he's presenting something. His hands are out. Like, it's just. His hands never fell to his sides or anything because he's fucking out of it. The camera, they showed a camera on his face. He is in fucking la-la land. Like, the the look on his face is, like, right out of, like, a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Like, his eyes are gone. Um, and it was fucking funny, man. I, listen... The same reason why I show like ridiculousness, or I mean, even go back to America's funniest on videos. People get whacked in the head. People get knocked out. People do shit, fall off of fucking here or there, or try jumping some shit with their skateboard and land on their fucking head. They pop up and they're fucking wobbling. Everyone's laughing and, and finding entertainment in it. Um, obviously, you're not looking for anybody to get any long term uh, repercussions, you're not looking for anyone to, um, you know, actually get hurt or, you know, have any lingering effects from that. I mean, you're not even looking for people to actually get a concussion. But if you see a big, giant motherfucker get knocked out and just be in another world, I'm sorry, man. To tell me that this is wrong, that this is, oh, how dare you, mother... And, you know, damn Mop, that's what he did, man. He, He went on my shit, and he said, fuck, man, I guess I gotta pull this up. Um... You know, let me. Um, here's what I'm gonna do, because uh, I got a couple things to play. So I'm gonna play um, Nick Age's promo that he is uh, coming to JCW. So this is the promo to lead towards this Friday at JCW. This is his first promo cut out of prison, and then I'll um, I'll come back and finish what I'm talking about because I'll sign into Facebook and go read exactly what he says.
2: No it is See that razor wire I've been looking at that shit for five fucking years Now I'm a free fucking man On the 10th Manville, New Jersey JCW You're the first motherfuckers who wanted me Well, you got me now you put me against Steve Mac Steve Mac you know who the fuck I am you know what you got yourself into and who's your partner some pussy running out here calling himself a beast man you gotta earn that fucking name Over my dead body where I call your fucking pussy ass a beast. You know what beasts are? You're looking at them. Manville. JCW, the 10th. My actions are going to speak louder than my fucking words. That's the difference between me and the motherfuckers out there. I back my shit up. When I was in that fucking hell for five years, every day I had to back my shit up. Somebody come in there and test you, you punch them in the fucking mouth. That goes for the same out here. You go in that ring and someone runs their mouth, you punch them in their mouth. So JCW, you got what you wish for. The king. And the reason why I call myself the king is because I earned that shit. So Steve Mack, talk to your pussy-ass partner and come up with a new fucking name. Because you ain't no beast. You ain't nothing like that. Manville, New Jersey. Watch this shit. The king. Nick fucking Gage. Oh.
3: still trying to find this because now I just hit this rough where uh, I'm just getting all the things out have been tagged in, which with Easter just happening has a lot of fucking, okay, here we go, I finally. Um, so I posted, this shit is still hilarious, and, uh, you know, some people post some things, Paul said, oh, you know, why have I not seen this yet? I'm like, oh, shit, um, Dan Moff posts this. I love it how people make light of situations like this. Fucking assholes. Atu is actually a very nice person who would never do anything bad to anyone. How can someone celebrate someone getting knocked out? This happened to me once. There was nothing funny about it. To which, you know, I responded, man, there's TV shows that are fucking based around this. Who hasn't watched a boxing knockout and popped for it? Um, You're being biased. I have no ill will towards a guy, but and I wouldn't wish any long-term damage on him but this is a normal reaction to see seeing someone get knocked loopy. And you know, I went on and on and then I I decided because I'm like, you know what fuck that dude. This is Dan Moss. This is one half of the motherfucking hit squad. There's no way cuz I've seen some of his posts and I don't, you know, I don't I don't go out of my way to like, oh, fucking, you know, take mental note of everybody's shit, but in the same token I know I've seen posts from this guy as of recently where, like, you know, this guy has posted, like, a knockout or something. And I didn't know how recently, but I just figured, let me just go back and check because this dude's trying to call me out, and he's got this high moral standpoint all of a sudden. And I go back. This was on, I think, Sunday, I think on Easter, and, um, Fucking I go back that previous Wednesday he posted a video of a little dude knocking out a big dude like on a on a basketball court or some shit. I'm like, really, dude? Fucking come on man. You posted this shit on fucking Wednesday. You know, even Paul was like, Oh, fucking someone got called out for being called a hypocrite to which, you know, he private messaged Paul, Did you just call me a hypocrite and all this other bullshit? Dan Moff is being sensitive as fuck. And this is this is what it is, man. And he even said, J-Cat, there's a difference. There's a difference, dude, and you know what I'm talking about, man. This wasn't someone defending themselves. It's trusting someone and things going accidentally wrong. Big difference. So I said, this is the same shit I'm talking about, man. Accidents. You know, things going accidentally wrong and people still finding it as entertainment. Um, it's how... And how it's portrayed to the fans is a big, unstoppable monster, just as you were versus low-key. When the smaller dude lays out the big dude, that's the reaction you get. How many times do you think people rewatched your knockout? Do you think they should have cut it off the DVD because it was a tragedy? You're being sensitive and taking it personally as if I want to see someone get hurt, which is not the case. And I have watched that again. Since then, I went back and I watched Bitter Friends, Stiffer Enemies, R.O.H. 2003. Uh, Go back and check out Loki knocking Dan Moff the fuck out, and that's why Dan Moff is butthurt over this. Um, He hit a springboard kick off the ropes and hit Moff in the side of the head and laid him out the same way. Um, I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't go out of my way for, you know, hoping someone gets hurt. I don't. But if some shit like that happens, it's fucking newsworthy. You know what I mean? Like, it it catches people's attention. It makes you go back and watch shit again. at least... The least that could be done off of your pain of getting knocked the fuck out is to draw eyes to the product. That's the least that could happen. To have some shit like that happen and be like, now no one look at it again because it was terrible. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. And you're a football fan too? Don't tell me for one fucking second because you're a Jet fan that spends the majority of football season just talking shit about the Giants more so than you're cheering for the Jets because the Jets blow. Now, tell me fucking Jet comes over the middle and fucking annihilates the quarterback and the quarterback gets up like, all oh, fucked up. You're not jumping up and down in your fucking living room. Come on, man. Stop being biased and sensitive. You know, I, I've always been a damn Ma fan, a hit squad fan, and all this. And I think it's a – I don't know if it's, it's specifically because it's a low-key thing and low-key did it to him. I don't know, you know, what kind of beefs and what kind of personal grudges have come about over the years with Dan Moff. Um, I also find it funny that he's got a problem with Joey Janela. Joey was set to come on my show, and this is the first time in the history of me being friends with Dan Moff on Facebook that he's ever commented on anything I've posted at all. He's never liked a post. He's never commented on a post, anything. I announced I'm having Joey on on Wednesday. All of a sudden he's like, oh, fuck you and this shit. You know what I mean? It could be complete coincidence, but I don't know. I just think it's fucking ridiculous, and as a professional, you know, for a professional wrestler, a member of a hit squad that made their fucking career off of being stiff and and fucking people up um, to be that sensitive, I just think it's fucking crazy. It's blowing shit out of proportion. It's ridiculous, and then it's, you know, you can post, a a, a little dude knocking out a big dude on your Facebook and go, well, you know, that's, that's different. And he got into it with Paul and said some shit like, well, uh, you know, that, uh, I'm completely against bullying. And the video that I posted was a smaller dude knocking out a bully. So you're completely against bullying, but you portray a bully as a wrestler. That makes perfect sense. Like, I hate bullies so much that I pretend to be one and make money off of pretending to be what I hate so much. And that just doesn't fucking settle down. That That's so ridiculous. Anyway, um, there was the Nick Gage promo, the, the first Nick Gage promo back. Um, I'm, you know, listen, man, I'm a huge, huge Nick Gage fan. I worry about the dude. I got to be 100% honest. I fucking worry about this dude. This dude spent five fucking years in prison. And he's coming out of prison directly back into a violent form of entertainment. I don't know, man. I don't know if you come out of prison after five years with your head on straight. I don't know, man. I hope I hope for that dude's sake that he does. But, um, you know, Gage, I mean... He was the type of guy that if he didn't know a guy coming into CZW, he didn't know a guy who he was in the ring with, you know, he was a little stiffer with him. He he made sure people knew who the fuck he was and that he kind of made those guys earn their stars. Their stripes or stars and stripes, for Christ's sake. Um, five years away, he doesn't fucking know anybody for the most part. You know, he might know some other guys that have been around, um, but even guys like Chris Dickinson, Chris Dickinson, who he is slated to fight twice, he is booked up against Chris Dickinson in um, Beyond Wrestling, which uh, I'll actually play the promo of this, and this will, uh, and I'll go back into uh, what I was saying about that.
2: It's the King, Nick Fucking Gage, back home out of the fucking pen. After fifteen hundred and fifty one days in hell. Now I'm standing around the arena. Right in front of the fucking arena. My home. The building I run now.
3: Well, I get out really
2: run and people are telling me about this guy named Dickinson. I know you, Chris. I met you before you <clears throat> noticed. You know how I fucking roll though. You got some nerve talking shit about my fans. They're the people the reason I survived in that hell for so long. When I sat in that cell for 24 hours straight every fucking day, all I did was think about my fans. Coming back home and repping for them. Now you want to run around like some tough guy. Like you're some fucking badass now. You know where the fucking tough guy is? You're looking at him. Going out in that fucking yard at six in the morning with five degree weather. Lifting weights. Wondering if this fucking guy behind me is going to jump on my back or poke me up. Now Dickinson, I don't give a fuck if you hit that bitch with a chair. I could care fucking less. Matter of fact, she got my fucking way I'll smash her ass with a chair too Don't get this shit twisted The reason why I'm coming for you On on the 26th In Providence, Rhode Island For Beyond Wrestling Is because you're running your fucking mouth So there
3: you go Now here's, here's my deal <clears throat> I love Nick Gage man Nick Gage is my fucking dude one of my absolute favorites on the fucking indies um uh, uh just from day one Nick Gage fan I call him the stone cold steve austin of the indies um but here here's my issue here Gage wants to come out cement his name you know show that he's the fucking man he's the dominant guy again which I completely understand and I completely expect This booking up against Dickinson, I I don't know how it's going to go down. Because as far as squashing guys and becoming the dominant force again, Dickinson is not going to be that guy. Gage is the man. Gage is tough. I mean, all of that shit is very, very true. But he's not going to squash Dickinson and put Dickinson in his place and be the dominant force. He's not. Especially in the two companies he's booked, Beyond and JCW, both places that Chris Dickinson calls home. To come in there and just fucking squash and put Dickinson in his place is just something that's not going to happen. Dickinson just went toe to toe with Loki and held his fucking own. Loki won the match, but Dickinson held his fucking own and banged out with Loki. There is no way that Nick Gage is coming out of jail and squashing Chris Dickinson. It's just not going to happen. But again, I'm I'm very very happy to see Gage back. Um, I expect him to come out at CCW. I mean, I I would be absolutely shocked and uh, very disappointed too in uh, W's ability to book if um gage wasn't there, I a hundred percent think he will be um I actually saw um people like fucking Chad shaft fucking running his mouth on the fucking uh the forums like he always does, and um saying dumb dumb fucking things saying, Well, you don't know, uh, nothing's been uh. Nothing's been solidified with that because uh from what I've heard, Nick Cage never got phone calls from DJ and they've never really patched things up for when he went in and blah, 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 blah. If you do not think Nick Cage is fucking lined up to be back at fucking CZW, you're dumber than I fucking think you are. I, I just... It fucking amazes me. If you're really if you not trying to fucking work people on the message board and you're actually speaking that because you feel that you know that, then you're fucking stupid, which would not surprise me in the fucking least. So anyway, I'm looking forward to see the motherfucker come flying out there, and um, th- we're going to go fucking nuts. The crowd's going to go fucking nuts. All these new dickhead CCW fans that don't know shit about old school are all of a sudden going to become huge fucking Nick Gage fans, and then we'll, you know, then we'll fucking talk about what CCW used to be like. Maybe then they'll go back and watch fucking tapes and give a little bit of respect to what it used to be. Um, but anyway, um, very, very happy that dude's out. I wish the dude the best. Huge fucking fan. Um, He's going to tear it up on Friday. And then, uh, like I said, nothing is announced for him to be there on Saturday. Nothing at all. So, I don't know anything specific. I have no insight. I have no nothing. No one's told me shit. I'm 100% honest on that. But, um, you know, CZW has been building the negage shit. So, to think that they don't have something lined up when they ended Tremont's fucking barbed wire match with the fucking lights going out and Nick Gage's music hitting. Come on, man. They are building the fuck out of his return. There's no way. They don't have the technicalities worked out, and and they're not sure if he's coming back yet. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous fucking statements made by ridiculous fucking people. So, fuck them. I'll, uh, I'll be there on Saturday. I would be wearing an old-school Nick Gage shirt, which I will definitely be wearing in May. If I go in May, but, um, best of the best, I got to wear the original best of the best shirts. That's, that's my deal. I got to do that. Old school orange, best of the best one shirt. So, yeah, um, let me see. Cena wrestled Stardust on Raw. Just, just a couple of little, uh, notes on that, that Raw. are really just two. Cena wrestled Stardust on Raw. I thought this was a good match, and I thought this was a very, very good example of why this is a great idea for Cena to be with the U.S. title. Working different guys like Stardust, you would not have even seen Gina. Uh, Gina, Gina <laughs> instead of calling him John Cena, we'll just call him Gina now. But no, I don't. I don't hate John Cena the way uh, a lot of people do. Uh, not you know a big John Cena mark, but I think he's a, a fucking excellent guy for the company. Um, he he's the fucking he's the flagship of the WWE. He is the uh you know, he is their poster boy. So but to have him wrestling guys like Stardust, you wouldn't have seen him in the ring with Stardust. I mean, maybe on a house show or something, but on Raw fucking I mean, that's awesome. So I'm I'm really interested in seeing and it can actually freshen Dom Cena up. It could freshen Gina up. Uh, you know, wrestling different guys that you're not used to seeing wrestling and, you know, having them work a little bit of different styles rather than, okay, his millions match against Randy Orton, here we go again against this guy. You know what I mean? How many times can you see the same thing over and over? So um, it, it could freshen things up. Um, the other match I caught was um, Pac or Adrian Neville versus Seth Rollins. And I immediately saw these fucking dickhead clown fans on the Facebook talking about Seth Rollins is fucking. They're burying Neville because they're they just squashed him. No, it was a competitive match, and fucking Adrian Neville came out of NXT and is wrestling the fucking world champion second week on TV. Shut the fuck up with this burial nonsense. This is why I hate fucking so many wrestling fans, because they act like dickheads. They act like complete fucking dickheads. If you come off of, you know, NXT, and within two weeks you're wrestling the world champion, and and it's a competitive match, get the fuck out of here. Can you not be... What is the problem with Satisfaction? Why is that so hard to come by, by people? I, I don't understand it. I have such a difficulty with people re- just refusing to be satisfied, despite the fact that they should be very happy with the outcome of certain things. So I don't know. Fuck you and that nonsense. Buried, buried, buried. Fuck you. Um. So yeah. Um. You know, what? let me um. Let me get into shit. Um, definitely wanted to touch on just, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I know one of these uh, shameless plugs because I don't have any uh, stake in the matter other than, you know, listen, I would love to have some Dre Beats headphones. Um, they're fucking too expensive, man. And especially if you're uh, putting down some serious fucking physical work, with those shits on, 200-something dollars on your head while you're fucking lifting shit and throwing shit up on your shoulders? I don't know, man. I don't know how so many people at the gym have these motherfuckers. I feel like 9 out of 10 motherfuckers at the gym have Dre Beats on their heads. Um, I also see fucking probably 7 out of 10 motherfuckers working out like fucking pedestrians. Like, like, they don't really give a fuck whether they're there or not. There's no drive. There's no intensity. There's no nothing. It, it doesn't look like they're trying to accomplish a lot. Real fucking pedestrian. Even big motherfuckers. I don't know how they got that fucking big. Well, I got some idea. But they're on some real casual fucking, their rest periods are like eight minutes long. They're fucking chatting with people. They're. I mean, it, this shit is ridiculous. But anyway, Dre beats of fucking, I don't know if they randomly handed them motherfuckers out at all these gyms. The day I wasn't there, or uh, I don't know, man. But what I'm trying to say, what I use is Incredibles, um, Entune Incredibles by Monster. Monster is the same company that makes the Beats headphones, so you know the quality of this shit is good. It's actually the ones that uh, Nick Cannon was promoting. Um, They go for like a hundred something dollars, and my initial pair I bought for a hundred something dollars. I actually bought, um, the girl a pair, pink think, you know, for, um, like, a hundred-something dollars. Hers were a little bit cheaper than mine, just because I got mine, like, a year prior, so they come down a little bit in price. But what I actually realized, um, because I cracked mine, I, um, like, the band and shit, so I had it, like, fucking electric taped and shit, and, um, they just didn't hold on my head as good. The speakers work fucking great on them and everything, but, um, they just didn't hold on my head as good. So if you're doing a lot of fucking moving, man, they're jumping off. Um, so I, I didn't like that. So I needed a new pair. But, I again, I didn't want to spend $100-something again. So I decided to look on Amazon. When you look under the new and used area, um, go under that. You'll find used, but you'll find still in box like new or or whatever it says, and you'll find these joints that have no fucking wear and tear, no use, motherfuckers ain't sweating all over them or anything like that. The shits are crispy as fuck, new in the box, and you'll find them for like 50 bucks or under. You know what I mean? So if you just go, be a little open about the color that you're getting because, you know, sometimes you'll be like, oh, I want the orange ones. Those motherfuckers might be 80 bucks. But I ended up getting the black ones that were like fifty bucks and fucking banging ass fucking headphones. I mean, same same shit that I spent a hundred something dollars on. Um, Same like I said, top fucking quality like the Dre Beats are Um, made by the same fucking people, and uh, they're banging ass headphones, man. You get that great sound out of them, and um, yeah, like I said, you can go under that shit on Amazon. Check it out. And then you'll see new and used, and it'll give you a price there. And, and go click around, man, and you'll find some shit pretty fucking cheap. I think I saw blue ones on there for like thirty something hours. For some reason, I just can't wear blue shit. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a blood or anything, but I just. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of blue. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um. So I just couldn't fuck with them. So they were a little bit more less. I think they were like thirty, forty bucks, some shit like that. Banging fucking headphones, man. So, if you you don't have the money for that Dre Beach shit and you want some banging ass fucking headphones, go get those joints. Um, What else? Uh, All right. You know what? Um, Let me take a break and uh, I'll come back and have a couple stories and a couple cat stories, get into the best of the best thing and uh, call it a day. Here's another. Scarface drunk. No answer there. I'm not at
1: home. Leave a message. But...
0: Yeah, bitch, it's a. Pick up the phone, bitch. I know you in there.
1: You fucking with that old funky ass face now, bitch. What my motherfucker scared that, bitch? Funky bitch, fake ass. Today must be my lucky day. I turned the corner, hit the block, and seen that ass from a mile away. where yes, she stayed she must be new in the hood. But I ain't tripping on that shit, cause it's all good. I rolled up on her, and I asked her her name. Ain't a damn thing changed, ain't no shame in my game. She said, promise, used to go to town. I slowed my rope, cause she just might be one of my homies, baby's mamas. Now where you man And she said, gave me the I cracked the smiling thinking, clown, i My homies, women ain't no same. Me, Cause if they caught one of my hoes, they'd do the same with me. And furthermore, oh, low, she was deep in my ride. Convertible, 60 foot with, with the quiet Super clean with the distance, post. Higher than the buck spitting distance, ho. Please and my attitude. Sorry if I'm being real, but I've got. The bitch a and she hung up in my face Now that's the break She didn't have to put up a front. I sucked that ass back in April And haven't called her for three months I guess it's in me to be dogging a chick Can't understand how you niggas Just be hogging your bitch Gone in and pass her An ass Send her to the mast Let her take a ride with the braster It's cool Don't sweat No sweat Not even on my mind we just met And furthermore, we can get to those But for now, I'm rolling Rory's fitting this to up, Please excuse my hand Now I'm cruising to the crib with this bitch that I scooped. Parked my Ferrari, now I'm back in the coupe. I knocked her boots. Your baby's mama put me to work. I tagged that ass from the back and knocked her shit in the dirt. She wanted me badly, so I put her inside. She got done. Back Back and forth with the gangster glass. Started off at Dixon, didn't finish tonight. Hit the showers like I've been out playing ball for the night since she was... Cause she just had her drawers full of dicks, that's that. And plus, she got you staying at home with the kids all alone while she's getting her fuck on. So, believe me when you down in that bread, I'm at the pad with your baby mama clowning that ass. So, why hatin', you hating niggas? Check the bitch, it shows. I'll be mobbing in my bin, spitting this to hoes Please, excuse my attitude. Sorry if I'm being rude, but i
3: All right. So, yeah, I got a couple cat stories for you. I mean, uh, first and foremost, um, I, the other day, had to put to sleep um, a Persian cat. And, um, you know, it's rough because it was only about a month ago that I had to put to sleep another one of my cats who was 19. And, um, you know, uh, Juliet, the Persian, she was 16. Um story of her is, uh, you know, I work at a shelter. Um, she came in, uh, I guess it was, uh, 12 years ago, uh, 16, 16, 16. yeah, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I bet. um, and she was three years old at the time, she was turned in by an old woman because she tried to maul a groomer, she tried to get her groomed, uh, she brought her to the groomer, Juliet fucked the groomer up, uh, she drove her right over to the shelter and turned her in a uh, beautiful cat, she was a silver Persian, only about six pounds, tiny little thing, with all the fur she looked a lot bigger, but um, she was a tiny little thing, but man, the fucking, the aggression that would come out of this little cat was tremendous, uh, she knew how to hurt you bad and quick, and when I first got her, I shed a lot of fucking blood, because she did not want you handling her, she didn't want you touching her at all, Um, You know, in a lot of shelter situations, a cat like this would just be euthanized after seven days. Um, I have a habit of working with these type of cats and giving them every chance in the world and letting them work, you know, the anger and the issues that they're having and getting them out of it. And um, Juliet was a special case because when I finally broke through to her and bonded with her after a couple weeks, um, she decided, well, I was the one. And she only really liked me for the most part. Um, if I was in the room, she'd trust anybody. I could bring anybody in there, the people who took care of her on my day off. I could bring them them in there. They could pet her, this and this. When I wasn't there on my day off, she would fucking tear people up. Um, I'd get all these fucking notes, that cat got me again. Um, they would call her, fuck you, kitty because you'd just walk by her cage and she would hiss and lunge fucking paws coming out of the cage because she was trying to get people walking by. She was trying to attack them from inside of the cage. She was badass, And, um, you know, over a bunch of times of, you know, bringing Nina in there, I got her to trust Nina and, uh, she liked her as well. Um, but it was still, it was still mostly me. And, um, it became pretty apparent that there wasn't going to be an easy way for me to get this cat at home because she really liked me and people who were around me. Stand alone, just those people, eh, probably not. I mean, if someone was willing to come to the shelter probably 20 times and meet her and see her and, you know, take a couple of hits here and there, uh, she probably would have been all right. But that's a hard sell to get someone who just met a cat to show up 20 times um, before they actually take the cat home. And uh, there was never, you know, a willing participant for that type of thing. So after a year of her being there, it became pretty obvious to me that I had to take her home. I, I mean, this cat's chance was either come home with me or she was going to wind up put to sleep in the shelter. Um, so I took her home. This is before I had kids. Uh, a little while later, um, Nana became pregnant with Mary Jane, our first kid. And um, we were pretty scared because, like, you know, shit, we got a baby coming into this house. What is this crazy cat going to do? What I mean, what is she going to do, man? She does not fuck around with new things at all. Like, she does not tolerate change in her life. This cat will let you know what the fuck is going on. She was the type of cat that would lay on the pillow above your head, man. And if you moved a little too quick at night, she'd fucking nail you in the head. You know?
0: <laughs> she
3: uh, she was not about some bullshit going on. Uh, and, you know, she would be really mushy and friendly, too. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, try to trim her nails, she'd fuck you up. Which I had to do. So that was, that was a big battle with her. Try to groom her because Persians get really, really matted fur if um, you don't groom them. A lot of Persians are very good with being brushed and stuff, so it's no worries. But if you get one that's hard to brush, they get really cottony fur. So just cleaning themselves, they do more damage than good, just cleaning themselves, and it knots up really easy. So it was hard to deal with her um, and, you know, trying to groom her and stuff, she would fuck you up. So what are we going to do with a baby coming into the house? Man. You know we're never the type of people That are okay we're going to get rid of the cat Because of the baby So we just we knew we were going to have to make it work But what were we going to do This is going to be a problem As soon as we brought Mary Jane home In the bassinet Juliet stood guard by that bassinet Like It was her job to protect that shit With her life She'd attack any other cat that came anywhere near that bassinet She decided this is This is fucking important to her And she stood guard Completely amazing. And as Mary Jane grew up, uh, Juliet would let her comb her with her fake combs and brushes from her dolls and pretend to put makeup on the cat. This is the don't fuck with me cat. And she was still that way if you tried to trim her nails or groom her and do those different type of things. But Mary Jane just got a complete pass. She got a complete pass. And, um, you know, over the years, she just became like that. That way, and um she you know just just gave Mary Jane a complete pass, and um you know she was always a tiny thing, and she was always hard to you know do different things too, so um last week she uh she stopped eating uh came home, she wasn't eating that night, gave her wet food, she ate a little wet food in the morning, she didn't eat anything um d- Looking her over a little bit, found inside of her mouth she had a little mass, um which you know could have been cancer or anything like that uh brought her into the vet. they decided that they didn't think it was that, but that she most likely had another large mass inside of her that was um constricting the space where her intestines were supposed to be and um this this was what was going on with her, and that um that she was also in kidney failure. Well, you know, we took her home, got her on fluids, uh, antibiotics and stuff to try to knock out whatever while we waited for the blood work. Well, the blood work came back the next day, but by the next day she was dying. She was, she was almost gone, you know, by the morning and midday. So we ended up having to have her euthanized and, um, you know, it was very sad because it really came out of nowhere and, um. You know, and uh, that was that. And, and it was especially hard, like I say, because we just lost our other 19-year-old, you know, like a month ago. So it, it sucked a lot. But that was, you know, my journey with Juliet, man, and everything I went through with her. So she you know, she was very special. And um, so anyway, uh, on a happier note, Ichiro. This is a cat that I got six months ago in the shelter. He came into the shelter. He had a baseball size. um, abscess on his neck Uh, literally the size of a baseball he was a six-month-old kitten he had the size of a baseball filled with infection from his neck to his shoulder so something apparently bit him and um, he was pretty much a dying kitten he was lethargic he had this giant giant thing Uh, the day he got there they drained 20 cc's of pus out of his neck. And if you don't know what 20 cc's is, it's a fucking lot. That's a lot of liquid. Um, so, did that. Now, the thing with um that type of thing, if, if it's a bite wound of unknown origin, we don't know what bit him. We have no shot records, no, you know, nothing saying that they were vaccinated against rabies or anything like that. We have to either euthanize the animal after seven days or quarantine the animal for six months to assure that it doesn't have rabies. So we opted with the six-month go with him, which is tough. You know, in a shelter, you know, we have to maintain space. We have to keep some kind of space. we run out of space, we have to put things to sleep. And, um, you know, we do pretty good avoiding that, but it is, you know, a fact of uh, life at an animal shelter. So you do everything you can to avoid it, but if you have a cat sitting there for six months that has no um, no ability to be adopted, option for adoption is is not open for six months. It's completely closed off for that cat to go anywhere. It's a lock that that cat's going to be there for six months. That's a hard thing to get through alone in a shelter. So for six months he sat there. Um, a couple about a month and a half in, it took a long time to get rid of this infection. Every day I had to drain pus out of this this cat's neck, man. It was gross. Tons of shit coming out of this cat's neck every day. And him just laying there, letting me do this to him. I had to keep flushing it out, flushing it out, treating him with antibiotics. Eventually, you know, a couple months later, all of a sudden, bam, he fucking sprung to life. He just realized that, holy shit, I'm a kitten. This dude was doing backflips in the fucking cage. Just, I mean, he, you know, he'd come out, he'd run all over, he'd leap up my leg, I'd pick him up, he'd bite me in the face, like, you know, playfully. Um, I mean, he'd jump up, he'd lay in the sink, like, he was just full of fucking life. Well, I had people come in about a month ago, and they had adopted two other cats from me a couple years back, and they still had them, they were looking for another cat. I said, look, man, he's not available yet, but, you know, check him out. And I like you know, come back for him. he's available on April sixth, and um sure enough, fucking April sixth comes, he gets retested, everything's good, everything's negative he's all he's all ready to go off quarantine, April seventh he's in a fucking home lane on these people's couch, man, so absolute success story super happy for that dude, because like I said, he was as good as dead when he got here. If if he wasn't picked up and brought to us, it would have been a couple more weeks and the infection would have killed him without question. So, you know, like I said, good story coming out of that. So, so there's that. You know, hopefully they bore the shit out of anybody that doesn't give a fuck about that, but it is what it is. It's my life. So, um, so there's that. Um, let me see. Uh, CZW, best of the best. Um... This is best of the best 14 at that. Now, here's the lineup for best of the best. First round, you got the bad boy Joey Janela versus Chainsaw Joe Gacy versus CJP, who is uh, CJ Parker, who is also the name of Pam Anderson on Baywatch, was also the guy that uh, Kevin Steen wrestled when he first came in, and Steen pretty much squashed, and um, uh, CJP, I guess, either broke his nose or busted his nose open, Steen's nose open on his debut. Um, So that's all I know about the guy, all right? Uh, He is filling the spot for ruckus. Personally, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, if anyone's filling in in that spot like that, you know that the guy's got to be a first round out. Like he's only there to lose in the first round. Uh, You know, you, you can't imagine it any other way. Um, so I can't imagine what a guy who just came out of NXT is getting paid. There's no way it's, it's, it's barely anything, which is pretty much what you should be paying a guy who's just going out first round. He's not a known name. That's going to draw. It's not like he's going to draw. It's not like it's, you know, back in the day, Juventud Guerrero would bring in a couple of people and he would show up fucking second round and get a buy. Um, ruckus would fill in for him ironically enough um but um you know because now ruckus is being filled in probably you know but anyway um i don't know i i just i think it's a silly idea i don't think anyone knows him for it to bring you any uh any business so to speak and uh hey man i i don't know what it costs but you know, you get a guy like fucking Latin Dragon, man. That was a CZW fucking guy. A guy who would absolutely perform well in a best of the best. And, uh, you know, you plan on whoever's in that spot going out first round anyway. Why not give a fucking guy a rub, put him in best of the best, and fucking, you know, or you got an Alex Cologne, a guy who, who has won best of the best. If that's fucking difficult for you to throw him in the car with Chris. And put him in that match It just doesn't make any fucking sense But anyway uh, Joey Janela and Joe Gacy uh, Will tear it up A um, little bit of a problem that I have with this best of the best And I hope I'm wrong I really do But they booked it way too choreographed And what I mean by that is Obviously Tim Don's had the bad situation With the um, I, I believe he had cancer And um He was out and got his surgery and all that, and it's big, you know. You know, obviously, very emotionally draining, and um, you know, wish all the best for Tim Dons and everyone's behind him, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's fucking great, and um, you know, it's a terrible thing to happen to such a young guy and really put his career on hold. Now, um, going forward from that, they they set up a whole promo situation where. Joe Gacy is now going to have fucking Tim Donst in his corner, so that that pretty much tells me Joe Gacy's winning the tournament. Which I wouldn't have a problem with Joe Gacy winning the tournament, but why put Tim Donst in his corner? Because now it feels like he can't fucking lose, and it and it almost looks corny from the start. You know, to just try to go out of your way for no reason to turn best of the best into some kind of feel-good story where we're clapping for Tim Domps at the end. I I think that's fucking unnecessary. Suspend some fucking disbelief, for Christ's sake. You know? I I don't know. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong, and I don't have a problem with Gacy winning, but when they line it up that way, I I just think it looks corny as fuck. I think AC would be a great guy to put over in this tournament. I just think it looks corny as fuck the way that they've already set it up. But uh, this is, this is going to be a great first-round match, though. It really is. Uh, Tommy N versus Aaron Williams versus Caleb Conley. Got to be another fucking great match. was looking to see Tommy N back in here a long time ago. They finally got him back. Aaron Williams was the guy who they used for, uh, um, I believe it was a uh, Cleveland show or Ohio show and um, yeah he's supposed to be very very good I haven't seen a ton of his work but um and Caleb Conley's a very talented worker so to see the three of these guys in a three-way it's going to be another great match next match is Jonathan Gresham Tracy Williams and Trevor Lee I don't know who Tracy Williams is but I can tell you that Jonathan Gresham is one of the best wrestlers in the business right now as far as i'm concerned he is just fantastic technically um lightning fast um he he's, he's just a great wrestler um just a, about as smooth as you get uh trevor lee is a guy he's a high flyer but his style is very very unique his movements are, are really cool and different uh, I definitely like Trevor Lee. I want to see a lot more of that guy. I'd love to see him be a regular in CZW because he's just one of those guys. He stands out. He's not just a guy who does some flips here and there. His shit looks original. His shit looks way different than everybody else's. He stands out. Um, he's very innovative in in his style and his movements and mannerisms. So i uh, definitely check that out. Um, and the last, three-way is Andrew Everett returning to CZW versus Bucks Belmar and Mike Bailey. Bucks and Bailey team up and uh, those guys are no stranger to each other and Andrew Everett is just uh, one of the best high flyers going today. Came off a really really bad injury and um, you know it's good to see him you know back in action and killing it. Um, I think he wrestled for PWG. I haven't seen that stuff yet. Are really behind on PWG. I gotta catch up. Um, but this should be an awesome fucking match. Um, hopefully, Bucks Belmar doesn't drink half of the crowd spit before it or during it. Um, and then you have the CZW Tag Championship. On a side note, the um, the best of the best lineup is, and I don't really like this fucking uh, tournament breakdown, but um, it's. Three-way elimination matches So you need two guys eliminated I do like elimination matches But um, You only have four people Coming out of the first round That I don't like I like the original best of the best Um Lineup Where one guy would leave the three ways You had Singles matches after that And um and you know, and then break it down from there. I think the first the first one was just three ways in the first round and the rest of it was singles. So I think you had like four rounds or something like that. Uh and now they've they've more or less broke it down, you know, further. Um, yeah. I, I would I would rather see, you know, a little bit more competition, you know, to get these guys to the finals rather than just the uh three matches. So, um but you know it is what it is. And you know you can even do the the elimination. The one guy goes out, and then you can reshuffle them. It doesn't have to be the two guys in the match. But that's how we got you know, uh, Briscoe versus Briscoe was the Briscoes and Mondo first round, best of the best, and um, they took Mondo out, and then had to fight each other. And you know, fucking great shit. Um, Jody plays Johnny Storm. Same deal. Um, so yeah, anyway. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, best of the best, I've only missed one live and um this this is gonna be fucking awesome. Talent is fucking stacked on there. It, it's gonna be great. Uh and you have the tag team championship of Ohio is for kills of Dave and Jake Christ versus the nation of intoxication of Danny Havoc and Lucky Thirteen. Um I had heard Dave or Jake Christ was retiring. He had posted on his Facebook that he was retiring. Um, he had neck injuries that... I believe it's a neck. Uh, neck injuries that is, is uh, keeping him from continuing wrestling. So I don't know if this is going to be uh, Jake's last match in CZW. I don't know if the match is going to happen. I, I don't know what's going on here. I'd imagine we, we get one more from Jake. Uh, it's a shame if he's he's walking away from wrestling, but again... As I said before, um, you want these guys to be happy. You don't want, you know, uh, a terrible situation coming out of this. You don't want these guys going into the future, you know, bitter about the business or permanently disabled or anything like that. This guy's got a family. So um, if that's what he needs to do, then that's what he needs to do. It's a shame because, man, the Chris are so talented as a tag team and as singles and, You know, uh, it's a shame, but like I said, you got to do what you got to do, and uh, real life comes first. And for the most part, wrestling is not real life. Um, Obviously, there's, you know, uh, a passion and a dedication and um, everything that goes with being a true professional wrestler and taking it as far as you can take it and everything like that. But like I said, there should be a plan B. If there's not a plan b um the sky better be the limit and uh and a matter of when not if you know what I mean, because it's uh there's a ceiling on this shit, there really is, and if you can't reach that ceiling, then uh there's gotta be something else in the room for you to be talking with, um you know, like I said, a plan b um, so um then there's a death match trial series of. Devin Moore versus the wrench Colin, Connor Claxton in a scaffold match. And man, Claxton fucking killed it against Lucky last month. So I'm really, really looking forward to, um, you know, seeing what goes down here. Um, that's all they have listed. Um, plus, you know, second round singles matchups, one on one, best of the best final. Like I said, three rounds. Um, you know, is what it is. It's going to be a fantastic show. It really is. Um, looking forward to it. So, um, shit, man, I think that's all I got. Double check my thing here. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, check me out next week, man. Um, let me just run down a, a couple of podcasts. I listened to, um, I had, uh, I told my buddy about Bill Burr's podcast, but I think he was thinking I was just talking about uh, Bill Burr's stand-up as a whole. Bill Burr's The Monday Morning Podcast um, is a very, very good podcast. Um, I I highly recommend you listen to that. Very funny. Um, It's just a classic. He does kind of what I do, only he's talented. And, um, you know, he just bullshits about things, and he's a hilarious comic. So when it comes down to him uh, giving his perspective on just everyday life stuff. He's very, very funny and entertaining. Um, and uh, Adam Carolla's show is, is a very good um Kind of like a Howard Stern kind of format where you get uh bald Brian does the sound drops, he does a great job at that. Gina grabs their new n- news girl, and uh, he just more or less bullshits. They have a lot of guests on, a lot of uh, great comedic bits, and uh, you know, very, very funny show. Also, uh, Artie, the Artie Lang show is a subscription based podcast. And uh so you actually have to pay for it, but I think it you know, it comes out to like like eighty bucks for the entire year or something like that. So, you know, monthly it's 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 not much. You know, it's it's seven bucks or some shit. So, uh, you know, if, if you do get a chance you got a couple of bucks you wanna put it in like that. I think he does uh he does four shows a week. It, it's good shit. It's it's already in at his best. Is it's uncensored comedy. Uh, he says a lot of crazy shit, and uh, for reasons like that, he can't get sponsors, so he has to charge for it because where a lot of other guys are getting sponsors. Uh, no one wants to sponsor Artie and his absolute rock comedy. So uh, if you're a fan of Artie Lying, you'll love this fucking show. Um, and I think that's all I'm going to put out there, at least for this week. And, uh, you know, like I said, I hit everybody up with, uh, you know, random things. As far as uh, what I'm enjoying out there I always will Hopefully one day someone gives me a couple bucks For promoting them But until then I'm just going to tell you guys What what I'm enjoying out there So uh, yeah I think that's it guys Uh, I'll definitely have best of the best To review next week I'll only be a couple days away From my motherfucking Spartan Beast race The next time I talk to you guys So uh, I'm very very excited We'll see uh, if I'm going to get a guest Or anything for next week Keep you up to date on that, and um, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. uh, check me out next week. Peace
0: I'm just yeah.
1: to today.